0: Good morning, everybody. Good Good to be here with you. Good to worship with you. Good to celebrate all that God is doing together with you as we continue this journey post-Easter, celebrating all that the resurrection means, that empty tomb and, and new life. It's great to be together in worship again, in particular as we begin this new worship series simply called Revive. And this revival is a powerful gift to us because we are in the midst of revival in our world, in our country, uh, in our church, in our community, and revival is always a powerful thing. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of revival, but, uh, you know, the word quite literally references new life to recreate, uh, to offer new life, right? And so when we're in the midst of a revival, that's what we're expecting, right? We're expecting new life, we're expecting some kind of recreation and some kind of powerful opportunity that will sort of revive what we know who we are and what's going on. And rest assured, Treach, a community of faith to which you belong, is in revival. And a part of what we understand about all revivals is that, you know, there's different ways to understand it. Sometimes we talk about um, uh, a Broadway revival, right, of a a play or a musical, and we realize that it's bringing new life to to that play or that musical. Sometimes we think about our memory and, golly, I want to revive those memories. I want to reclaim those thoughts and those images because they really help me better understand something. And certainly we can talk about spiritual revival. And we encountered that uh, most recently over the last few months at Wilmore, Kentucky with Asbury Theological Seminary, right, where the students came together and people from all over the country came together. And part of what we saw in that and what we encounter in all revivals are some real basic concepts that all revivals have. The first is this sense in which all revival uh, has a component that it is based in prayer, that we have come to a prayerful life and a prayerful communication with God that says, God, I want more and I know you've got more, and I want to connect with that more. So the prayer life of a revival is is this foundation that I need communion with God, communication with God, and that's the basis of prayer. And then the other component that is a part of all revivals that are spiritual is that it's grounded in gratitude, that somehow there's this gratefulness for what God has already done, And this expectancy that God has got great things on the horizon for us as well. And we're grateful for those. So it's always grounded in gratitude. And then finally, not only based in prayer, but grounded in gratitude, but it leads to a call to commitment. In all revivals, you witness that the people of God who want this revival are desiring a deeper relationship with God are desiring a connection with God, and therefore they want to commit themselves more intentionally to Jesus. They want to commit themselves more intentionally to what God is calling them to. And so all revivals have this in thought, and this is a part of them. And TREACH is in the midst of all of that. Your church leadership has for a little over two years now been in very intentional and deliberate prayer about a way forward, about the way God is leading us, discerning how God is call- calling us and claiming us. They've been bathing it all in gratitude for all that God has done in the first 40 years and grateful for what lies ahead in the next 40 years of ministry for this church because God's not done with us yet, and we give thanks for that possibility. And we also know that God's calling each of us, individually and corporately, to a new form of commitment, a new form of commitment to our faith, a new form of commitment to ministry, a new form of commitment financially, so that the revival of the church can take shape in a very powerful way to reach the community more and to offer powerful outreach in God's name. That's the revival that we're having. And and the gratitude is a component that I cannot pass up today because there is so much for which we ought to be grateful. And it reminded me just this past week, our staff meets collectively every other week together in total. And so twice a month we get together, and about once a quarter we do what we call shout-outs. You ever done these in an organization? You just shout out some praise and some uh, honor and some gratitude for something that somebody's done on staff. And so every time it starts, we've done it for years now, and it's a great way to encourage and uplift and and empower people, right? And we just call it a shout out because we're going to shout your name out and we're going to identify what we're grateful for. Every single time it works this way. Starts off real slow right, because I'm not real sure who to lift up, I'm not real sure what I should say, I'm not real sure if I'm kind of brown-nosing somebody, right, or just, you know, so I just, I'm, I'm pondering. So it starts real slow, and maybe one person kind of chimes in, and then a second person chimes in, and then by the time the third person starts, it's like a snowball effect, right? It's like, oh yeah, I remember, and I, I want to honor, and I want to give thanks, and so names just start popping out just one after another, and it's a fun experience because it's full of gratitude and joy for all that has taken place or sometimes for stuff that's on the horizon. But the gratitude is a snowball. In fact, I identify gratitude in this way. Gratitude is contagious. It, it literally just, it overflows, right? As, as gratitude starts coming, we all want to participate because we all want to be in it. We all want to share. We all want to maybe even receive. And so uh, when we start some gratitude, it becomes contagious in a very positive and powerful way. Have you ever noticed that? When, when you gather with people and maybe you're in a group setting and, and somebody honors somebody else, it just kind of generates the possibility that others will start wanting to thank and give thanks and gratitude to people, right? You go to an award ceremony and, and the first person stands up and starts thanking God and mom and dad and brother and sister and, and so everybody else has to thank everybody else, right? I mean, it's just, it's contagious. And, and it's a glorious gift because that contagion it's all positive. It's all joyous. It's all full of energy, and that's a great thing. And a part of what um, gratitude also begins to do is it, it begins to evoke generosity because the very concept of honoring somebody or thanking somebody or recognizing somebody, man, it makes you and the, per- and the recipient feel generous. I am, I'm grateful for you, and I feel good about you, and I want to generously favor you with gratitude, Right? That's the gift of gratitude. The other component of gratitude is this, gratitude, therefore, is the foundation of generosity. I cannot help but give my time, my talent, my skills, my energy, my dollars, I cannot help but give because gratitude is the foundation to that generosity. In fact, what we would say is we give, we give of our time, we give of our talent, we give of our dollars because we're grateful. You think about any organization to which you belong, a service organization, a nonprofit organization, certainly the church, the reason you want to be generous to that organization are two primary reasons. You believe in their cause, and you're grateful for what they're doing. Those are the two foundational reasons why anyone would give time, energy, talent, dollars to any organization. Gratitude is the basis for that generosity. This is scriptural. I mean, we we see over and over in Scripture these powerful images of why somebody gave to God. The first is my absolute favorite. I cannot help but always go back to this one because it just does not seem to make sense in any way, shape, or form. Remember Noah? He gathers the animals, right? He builds the ark, the rain comes, the floods come, and he saves all those animals. And they're in the ark for a whole bunch of time, and who knows how God, awful it smells in that place, but there's an ark, and there's animals, and and the rain comes, and the flood comes, and then it stops. And Genesis chapter 8 tells us that when it stopped, the rain, Noah got off of the ark. And you go back and read chapter 8, verse 20, and it says the most fascinating thing. Do you know the first thing that Noah did? He killed an animal, burned it on the stake, and made a fragrant aroma to God. Hello! What is that all about? He just saved all the animals. He's trying to recreate and repopulate the earth, and yet he's making a fragrant aroma offering to God. Why? Because he's grateful. He's grateful that God saved them. He's grateful that God is recreating the earth with them. He's grateful that all things are possible because of that. There was no practicality to that offering. It was purely and simply an offering of gratitude to God. You go a few chapters later into Genesis chapter 14, and out of the middle of nowhere, Abraham, who is the progenitor of all of us, right, Abraham encounters this priest and a king named Melchizedek. We don't hear or see from Melchizedek ever again until the New Testament, but he comes out of nowhere. He's the king of righteousness. His name literally means king of peace, and and what we recognize in and through him is that he blesses Abraham, and the very first thing that Abraham does in response is to make a tithe literally a gift of 10%, in honor and gratitude to Melchizedek for blessing him. A couple generations later, his grandson Jacob, he goes through a, a town called Bethel. He realizes that God is there. He lays down his head on a, a rock. He takes a nap, and, and he has this powerful dream of how he goes up to God, and he comes back down to the earth, and, and then he wakes up, and, and he literally says, this is none other than the household of God, and he makes the tithe to God in honor honor and gratitude for how God was blessing him, you see. The woman in Luke chapter 7 who anoints Jesus' feet with her tears and the ointment from an alabaster jar, and then she wipes them with her hair. The Scripture tells us that it is solely and simply out of gratitude to Jesus for all that he has done to save her and to love her and to give life to her. You see, gratitude is the foundation of generosity. And every time we give of our time, talent, or treasures, it's out of gratitude for the richness of God. And, you know, there are any number of powerful Scripture texts in the Word that help guide us into that and help remind us that gratitude is why we give. But one of my favorite comes from the Psalms. Psalm 136 is an anonymous psalm. We don't know who wrote it, but it's a powerful psalm that acknowledges the gratitude that um, the author has for God, for all that God has done. If you've ever read it, you know it, it, it literally, there are 26 verses and it just lists over and over and over again, everything that God has done in the creation, in the offering, in the salvation, in the gift of life. And, and every single time the author has this antiphon, and antiphon is just a fancy word for repeat, Right? Musicians have these fancy words. I don't know, you know. Antiphon just means repeat. And so I want you to join with me as we read Psalm 136 because Psalm 136 is a powerful treatise to the gratitude that we ought to have to God and how that gratitude calls us, beckons us, pleads with us to be generous with our lives and with our hearts to God. So the scripture is going to be on the screen. You notice there's a bold line right there. And every time you see the bold line, I want you to repeat that with me, okay? We'll do it over and over again. It's called an antiphon. So you've learned a new word today. Anybody, anybody ever knew that word already? Antiphon, antiphon? There you go. That's, you're a musician, aren't you? No, no. Okay. Will you read Scripture with me? I'll read the light part. You read the bold part. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, his love endures forever. Indeed, this God, this is the glorious good God who put all things into order. This is the glorious good God who called you by name at your birth. This is the glorious and good God who knows your heart, who understands your thoughts, who recognizes your soul, who guides your every piece, who walks with you and through you through the valleys of the shadow of death. This is the God who deserves honor and glory and praise. This is the God who guides who we are and encourages us in all of our endeavors. This God deserves to be praised. This God ought to be honored in every aspect of our lives. That's just gratitude. As Gracie pointed out before her prayer, every instance of our lives can be a fragrant offering to God in worship. I want you to think about that just for a minute. She mentioned, she mentioned uh, brushing your teeth and what else? What was it? Making the bed. Thank you, God, for a bed on which I can sleep. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be able to clean my teeth. Thank you, Jesus, that that's an opportunity, right? Thank you, God, that I breathe this day. Thank you, God, for the food on the table. Thank you, God, that somebody made these clothes that I can wear. Thank you, God, that I have a vehicle for transportation. Thank you, God, for my family. It goes on and on, doesn't it? And it's contagious. And it's the bedrock of generosity because we cannot help but in our own thoughts and in our own feelings recognize that God is in all, and through all, and gives us the capacity to keep going, even when life doesn't feel worth it. I give thanks to God for the ministry of this church, for the powerful ways that it has impact in this community, on this region, on this globe that we all participate in, because for 40 years now, this church has transformed lives, has saved people has offered amazing gifts on so many levels. And we're not done because God's not done with us, yet we are in a revival. I have the honor and the great privilege, as does every other clergy on staff, from week in and week out to hear powerful stories of renewal, powerful stories of gratitude, powerful stories of the ways in which Christ is at work in our hearts and in our lives. I've heard it for uh, years now, even since long before I got here, I knew of TREACH and its powerful connection to the Emmaus uh, walk of this three-day spiritual weekend that has transfixed and transformed people's hearts, and they come back on a spiritual high, and they begin to enter into ministry, and they do wonderful things for God's kingdom, and they make things happen for God's grace in the world. And that's, those stories are powerfully impactful, and they're all based in gratitude. I hear stories, particularly over the last year in our children's ministry, where over and over again, we're seeing more and more children come, more so even than prior to COVID when when we shut down. And those children are teaching their parents the faith of Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? The children are teaching their parents the faith of Jesus Christ. And over and over again, I hear from parents who say, I learned this from little Billy, or I learned this from little Sally, and they're helping me to know this faith is not as complicated as we make it. It's actually quite as simple as, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus said something about that, didn't he? Let the children come to me, and we must become like little children. I hear stories from our confirmation and from our young people about how they too are helping their parents understand what it means to follow Jesus and how it is that the Holy Spirit is active and alive in their lives and empowering them to do great things for the kingdom of God. And I know that there's a revival going on because it's real and it's true. I hear over these last few weeks in particular, over the last three to four weeks, about people's commitment already to the uh, financial success of the Revival Investment Campaign. I hear stories of people who say, I am committed to this cause because of the way Christ has been made real to me in and through the ministry of TREACH Memorial, United Methodist Church. I hear people giving testimony to the fact that they're giving the largest financial gift they've ever given to any organization, all because of gratitude to God. I heard one family say, we're going to sell an investment, uh, uh, an asset, rather, that we thoroughly enjoy using and thoroughly enjoy uh, participating in, but we're going to sell it and give the proceeds of that to the campaign because we so believe in what's going to happen for the revival of TREACH. And man, I am blessed, and I am honored, and I become grateful over and over again because of these stories that I hear because of people's gratitude to God. And it reminds me of a text in Old Testament. You know, there's sometimes Scripture in Old Testament that just, they're real obscure, ones that you never go to. I mean, like, you know, Chronicles. And when was the last time you were in Chronicles in the Old Testament? I mean, it's not something we read every day, right? But in Chronicles, just like several other passages in the Old Testament, it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 that we ought to give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His name and proclaim all of His greatness so that we can claim to the whole world Everything that he's done. What a powerful gift that is. That we ought to praise God's name and that we ought to share his greatness in all the world. I so love that gift. And I am so grateful for the ministry and life of this church and what God is doing in and through it. But you know what? I'm not the only one who's grateful. There are so many others of you who, who give thanks to God for all that God is doing because God does amazing things. God can change anything. God can make anything possible, and these are simply a few of the examples of the way God is at work. Friends, there's a revival going on at Shreemoa United Methodist Church, and that revival has been bathed in prayer, it's been grounded in gratitude, and now it's time for us to, to commit to the cause, to realize how we can help make things different, how we can help reach new and more people, how we can connect folks to Jesus, how we can help them understand that God loves them no matter what. I'm so grateful for a community of faith that's willing to understand that, who's willing to move towards that direction, and who's willing to make that commitment. I'm excited about the revival. We see more kids than we've seen in a long time. We see more youth than we've seen in a long time. We see more young families than we've seen in a long time. We're having more impact than we've had in a long time. The revival has begun. Let's continue to perpetuate that richness Let's continue to bathe it in prayer. It's why several weeks ago we invited you to take these clings, and if you have yet to get one, I want to encourage you to grab one. There's plenty right outside. Just stick it on a window or a mirror. It clings to it, static electricity, and it simply has a simple, profound prayer. God, what do you want to do through me? There's virtually no more simple sentence that has no more greater impact than this, because when we pray this prayer, and listen for God's guidance and respond to God's call, we can change the world. God, what do you want to do through me? And through my joy and gratitude in responding, through my recognition of the power of God's Word and will in my life, I can respond in gratitude with generosity. So I want to invite us to consider, what are we grateful for? How is God at work in my life? What has God done recently or decades ago for my own understanding? And I want to challenge and call you to write it down, to put it on this card, to give thanks to God, to say a brief prayer over that, and then to drop it in the baskets that are right outside the doors. They're right by the, the brown baskets that are there, the brown boxes that are there for offerings. Part of what this does is it calls to our attention how grateful we can be to God. Part of what it does is help highlight for us that God really does amazing things. And a part of what it does is to create the contagion of gratitude that can overwhelm us with joy and cause our hearts to dance and create within us a wellspring of generosity for all of our days. I encourage you to complete these and to drop them in those baskets as a reminder and as a clarion call to all of us, we really have much for which to give thanks, and we really have much for which to make an offering to God who helps claim our hearts and give us joy for all of our journey. Will you join me in prayer as we thank God now? Holy and gracious God, thank you for these who bore testimony to their faith. Thank you for the powerful ways that you are at work in the world and certainly personally in our lives. Help us, Lord, to acknowledge that gratitude in simple phrases or in elaborate sentences, God. Help us to give grateful praise to You, for really You are to be praised, for Your love is steadfast and never-ending. God, may we live in that joy each of our days. May we share that contagion that others may join in as well. God, thank You for all that You have done in and through Your Son, Jesus, By the power of your Holy Spirit and with your gracious presence among us now, we give you grateful thanks. These and all our prayers we lift in the name of Jesus, whom we know to be the Christ. Amen. Friends, I offer you grateful thanks as well for the powerful ways you are generous each and every week. You know the drill. You can drop your gifts in the baskets or you can give uh, an electronic gift by scanning the QR code or by texting TMUMC to 45777. Thank you for all that you make possible.